0: Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 313 of Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. O Lord, your word continues to teach us more about you and your ways. Help us receive the message you desire for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what's happening in Luke chapter two. We continue reading the Christmas story. Mary's thoughts still impact us today if we allow them to. Her response to all the miraculous things happening around her was beautiful. She treasured everything in her heart. It makes me think about how I generally move through Christmas and many other seasons. I don't know about you, but I usually move too fast. It's about getting all the things done. We think everything is important, but don't make time for worshiping the Lord, which is the most important thing, no matter what day of the year it is. I am convicted as I read about Mary and how quietly she celebrated and treasured all that was going on around her. Maybe we can do better and treasure more of what is happening around us every day of the year, including during the Christmas season. Interestingly, we read about Jesus' birth and when he was 12 and went missing. He went missing in the Lord's house while his parents traveled with a large party back to their towns. They made this trip every year for the Passover feast. Only this year they left for home without their son, our Messiah. After that, we read that they went home to Nazareth, and Jesus was habitually obedient to them, and his mother kept and closely and persistently guarded all these things in her heart. Again, Mary continued to ponder and guard her heart with everything that happened, She would need these memories soon enough when he died on the cross at 33. May we not take anything for granted today because tomorrow is not guaranteed to us or our loved ones either. We start a new book in the New Testament, the first letter of John. This is the same John who wrote the book of John in the gospels. He writes three letters that are thought to be written about the same time he wrote the gospel containing his name. Let's see what John writes in chapter one. The first chapter is short but extremely powerful. He writes about Jesus as being the word of life. He was life and he was light. In verse five, he writes, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. He writes about having unbroken fellowship with one another and God when we walk in the light and that we are forgiven and cleansed of all sin and guilt. Interestingly, John also writes about Jesus being the light in the gospel bearing his name. John clearly states that we are sinners, but if we admit our sins, We will be forgiven and continually cleansed from unrighteousness. Let us walk in God's light today and ask him to help us confess our sins so we are cleansed and can live in unbroken fellowship with him and his son. We can praise God for this blessing today. Let's see what Ezekiel is writing in chapter 13. Ezekiel is told to prophesy against the prophets. Again, they preached that peace would come, not the destruction promised by Jeremiah and Ezekiel. God continues to call them false prophets because they were certainly not hearing from him. They were preaching that good things were coming when they were not. Only destruction was headed their way. If they had preached repentance and worship for God and God alone, they might have averted all this, but they didn't. They had a weak and unsubstantiated message of hope and that good things were coming. So God promised he would knock these prophets down with the rushing of a colossal storm. Almost nothing will be left of them when God is done with his judgment against them. Then Ezekiel addressed the women prophets. They weren't truly prophets, but people listened to them. And not only did they listen to them, they were caught up in all their charms. It seems they were using sorcery in their practices and rituals and not honoring God. It appears they are sacrificing some people because God said, Will you snare the lives of my people to keep yourselves alive? He tells them they have profaned him as they took handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, slaying persons who should not die and giving a guarantee of life to those who should not live. God promised to destroy them, adding, Then you shall know, understand and realize that I am the Lord. Our chapter ends with these words as well. God desired their worship, but they would not offer it. Instead, they heeded their own will and appetites. But before we become judgmental about them... May we look at ourselves. The people were starving, and when our physical beings are in jeopardy, most of us would go to great lengths to save ourselves. The only one who didn't was Jesus. He is the only one I know who walked toward his death and not away from it. May we praise him for his sacrifice so that we can be forgiven, made whole, and have a relationship with him and his father, our father. Let's see what chapter 14 can teach us. According to one commentary I read, the elders written about in this chapter had come to Ezekiel before the vision we read, starting in Ezekiel 8. The Lord showed Ezekiel that these men were serving idols in their hearts. The Amplified Bible identifies the idols as self-will, submissiveness, and their sin of worshiping silver and gold instead of Almighty God. God asks them to turn away from their idols and abominations, or there will be harsh judgment. God promises to set his face against them, and everyone shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord. False prophets and anyone who sought information from them would be destroyed. Verse 11 tells us that God desires the people for himself so that they may be my people and I may be their God, says the Lord. And again, we find these familiar verses. Verses that were found in the very early books of the Bible. The destruction of the land and their nation would not end soon and could not be averted. God mentions Noah, Daniel, and Job as righteous men. But even if they were there, their righteousness could not undo the idol-worshiping sin in the people's hearts. There was no way to stop the destruction that was coming. The last verse tells us that God acted with cause to do what he promised he would do. May we surrender our hearts to the Lord so that we become submissive, repentant, and all-worshipful of our God. Let's see what we can learn from Psalm 132. This is another Psalm of Ascent. This is a song reminding the Lord of his promises to King David. We read about David's struggle to find a resting place for the ark. They prayed that God would restore them to their rightful place as he promised. Verse 11 says, The Lord swore to David in truth he will not turn back from it. One of the fruit of your body I will set upon your throne. The people earnestly desired all of God's promises to be fulfilled. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for the wisdom in your word. You are the giver of all good things. Lord, help us be patient and wait for you to raise us up. Don't let us get ahead of you. Keep us yours as we wait upon you. May our hearts look to you for all we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word.